Mercy and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're continuing our story today in the book of Genesis as we've been doing all summer. Now walking alongside Joseph as he struggles through his time in Egypt. Last week we heard how the Lord was with Joseph, blessing him and giving him success in the house of Potiphar. And how the Lord was still with Joseph after Potiphar's wife framed him and got him thrown back into the pit, back into prison. And Joseph was still blessed because the Lord was with him. But now it's been two whole years of prison life for Joseph. At least two years, in fact, because in chapter 40, the chapter that became last week and this week, Joseph was interpreting dreams of his fellow prisoners. And our story today in chapter 41 picks up two whole years after that event. So Joseph's been in prison for two, three, maybe four or more years. But now, today, just at the right time, Joseph is called to task again, to interpret the dream of Pharaoh, this troubling dream that Pharaoh had. For after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. Now, we all know that dreams can be a little weird, right? A little scary sometimes. I'm sure we all have had some, some interesting dreams. And maybe as you read the text earlier this week or heard it this morning, you thought, well, what's the big deal, Pharaoh? Cows? Some grains? This is nothing. Like, I've had way weirder dreams than this, way scarier dreams. But these dreams were foreboding for Pharaoh. And, and this is at least part of the reason why. In Egyptian culture, Pharaoh was seen as an incarnation of a god named Horus. And in Egyptian mythology, the mother of Horus was Isis, often depicted as a cow. So for Pharaoh to see these thin, fleshless cows on the verge of death, it would have felt like him, to him like a sign of death encroaching on his own family line. And to make matters worse, these cows were coming up out of the Nile, that river that gave life to Egypt, right? So much of their agriculture was built off of the Nile. So this would mean that this, this calamity that's coming is, is not only a threat to Pharaoh's life, but the whole land of Egypt and everyone who is relying on the Nile River. And so they're in jeopardy. And Pharaoh would do and did what many of us would do in the midst of a crisis, right? He'd turn on the news and tried to intake as much information as he could. He search articles and blogs to try and get the latest information, the wisdom of all the people of the land so he could path and chart a way forward. And after so doing, Pharaoh is still stressed. He's stressed. He's caught up in the midst of a calamity that he can't control. And none of the people who come to speak to him are of any help either. 
The problem is they are not above the catastrophe. They can't see through this crisis to the end. It says, Pharaoh sent and called for the wisest men of Egypt, but none of them could offer a reliable word of hope to Pharaoh. No one had all the answers. So Pharaoh is left stressed, unsure of what to do, stuck in the middle of his trouble, no light at the end of the tunnel. Are you stressed? Have you been feeling the weight of things? Do you feel tension in your shoulders? If you do, take a moment right now and, and just shake it out a little bit. Take, take a big breath with me. And exhale. I've been stressed. These last five months have been exhausting for me and probably for you too. You know, it hasn't been two whole years for us, but honestly, the last five months feel like about two years long. I think the whole world has been feeling the stress of our current calamity. Kids feeling the distance of friendships that they miss. Parents working hard to create some semblance of structure at home in days so amorphous they bleed from one to the next. Educators trying to plan for this upcoming year. And not to mention the doctors, nurses, and healthcare professionals who every day walk right into the face of this pandemic to do their job. It all takes a toll. Life is stressful. And all the interpretations of how COVID-19 started or where this pandemic is heading or who is using this pandemic the most for their own political gain, all of those interpretations are just adding to the stress that we carry. And I want to make sure that, that I'm clear this morning, that you don't hear me trying to offer my own interpretation to any of those questions. Because I don't have the answers. And I think we've seen over and over again that no one has all the answers to what we're going through. How often were projections of the damage and disruption of COVID just grossly overstated or woefully understated? How many times were we told a timeline of when this would be over? This month will be good. And that month came and passed, and the next one came and passed, and here we are still, right in the thick of it. We've heard from many wise people ourselves, but, but no one has all the answers. And no one has a monopoly on the truth. And we ought to repent of the times that we have spoken as if we knew what was going on. It's not our predictions or opinions that a stressed-out world needs to hear. 
and nor was it for Pharaoh. Pharaoh needed someone who was above the disaster of his dreams. He needed someone who could speak through the clouds of his crisis, and so he called on Joseph, a reliable interpreter. But remember the words that Joseph spoke to Pharaoh, right? He said, this isn't my opinion. This is not my take on things. He said to Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give the favorable answer to Pharaoh. Literally, Joseph says, God will speak peace, shalom to you, Pharaoh. And he does. God has life planned for Pharaoh and for Egypt and for even Joseph's own family. And so God speaks through Joseph saying, Pharaoh, there's some trouble coming up. There's going to be seven years of famine that you're going to have to endure. But I have a plan. And you have seven years of abundance that are going to come before that, that you can stock up and, and spare those in the land of Egypt, provide for those in the midst of this calamity so that you in all Egypt can survive. And God says, I will see you through this at just the right time when pharaoh needed it the most god sends joseph to speak a word of hope to pharaoh and pharaoh loves it uh, we didn't get the tail end of the story but but here's what happens after he hears this news he he makes joseph takes him from prison and raises him up to be his right hand man second in command to carry out this plan he gives Joseph a house and a family. He even starts calling Joseph a new name. Uh, he calls him Zaphanath Paneah, which means the God speaks and he lives. And God does bring life. Uh, the last verses of chapter 41 say this. The seven years of plenty that occurred in the land of Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. There was famine in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. And all the earth came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy grain. Dear friends in Christ, God has life planned for you and me and our world. This is exactly what Jesus said when he was on earth. He said, I have come that the world may have life and have it abundantly. That's his plan. And we know that his plan and his word are reliable because God is above all things. Even this pandemic. He was above the seven-year famine that Pharaoh endured and he is above the coronavirus in our day. Now, this, this doesn't mean that we, as Christians, are somehow above COVID. Right? This doesn't mean that we're immune to its effects or that we're, we're really smarter than the next guy. I mean, far from that. We're all down here on this earth trying to navigate our way through this pandemic and 
likely we're all going to make a few mistakes along the way. But what it does mean is that we know who is above all things, including this pandemic. And we know that not this pandemic nor the next one can stop God from bringing life and bringing hope. Because God already secured life and hope for the world in Christ. When he was lifted up from the earth, Jesus' death means life for you, for me. Sickness couldn't stop Jesus. Death couldn't contain him because he was life itself, the living bread sent from heaven. And God saved all of Egypt with bread, but that was just a sign of a greater bread to come. Jesus, the living bread from heaven, who came to give life and who gave it abundantly from his cross. And Jesus continues to give life through you. God speaks words of hope and life through you. Who is it that you know that needs to hear a word of hope? Who is it that you know who's been particularly weighed down by these last few months? God has positioned you to be near them, to give you a moment at the right time to speak words of hope and life to them. Jesus said it in our gospel reading. He said, when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And Jesus is still drawing people to himself. And he draws them through you. Because you have the bread. Right? All of the earth flocked to Egypt because they had bread in the midst of that famine. All right now there might be a hope famine out there. But you have the bread. You know Jesus, the living bread, who has given you life and promises life to all people. And now is a time when I think we can especially speak words of hope to a world that needs a little hope. Each time that you hear his word, that you chew on it, each time that you eat and drink the body and blood of Jesus, He flows through you, courses in your veins. You've been baptized into his death and resurrection. You have this living bread inside of you. And to top things off, God is out there with you. Look at who God comes to in this story, right? God came in the form of a dream to Pharaoh, a pagan a non-believer, someone outside God's kingdom, but someone within God's world. Someone who God had created. And then God brings Joseph around, his disciple, his follower, to speak this word of hope from God to Pharaoh. He created an opportunity for Joseph to share that word of hope and peace Shalom. Pharaoh needed someone to come alongside him and share with him some good news. And there are people right now trying to find hope in a crisis-filled world. A little glimmer of hope in the darkness. 
God is at work in their lives, and you can bet that He is putting you in position to speak at the right time. So speak life. Let's leave our vain predictions and opinions aside. They're really not helping anyone. And when all of this finally does pass, our interpretations of everything will go with it. You know, in time, coronavirus will just be one more pandemic in a long list of pandemics and calamities that the earth has been through. But the truth that we know, the hope that we have because of Christ, that hope never fades because of Jesus. It's in His name that we speak. Amen. May the peace of Christ surpass us all understanding. May it guard our hearts and minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.